HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Today's program has been brought to you by GreatBrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit GreatBrewers.com. In some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer This little song is more to the point Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer It helps me unwind And sometimes it makes me feel mellow Welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's July 10th, 2012. Can you believe it? July 10th, 2012. We're here at Roberta's in Bushwick, and I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43. Thanks to our sponsor, GreatBrewers.com, and to the people at the Good Beer Seal, GoodBeerSeal.com. Tonight I have an excellent uh, world of book, movies, and recipes uh, for beer. We've got uh, Christian Benedetti, uh, author of The Great American Ale Trail and uh, contributor to The Weekly Pint. And Erica Shea and Stephen Valland uh, from Brooklyn Brew Shop, who are also the authors of Beer Making Book. Um, how are you guys? Welcome to the show. Good. Thanks for having us on. All right. In New York City, it's July Good Beer Month, and one of the events we're looking forward to is uh, July 25th, the New York City uh, Beer Book, Blog, and Video Night. And, and uh, you'll all be there in some form or another, either with your books or, or in person. Um, Stephen and Erica, uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So what's it been like? You guys started off making a homebrew kits, and now you're authors. Um, how, how are you handling your success? You know, it's funny because it's only when we actually sit down and talk to you that it feels like, whoa, success. Normally, we're just day-to-day answering beer questions, figuring out what the next mix should be. So our day-to-day lives haven't changed that much. We're still carrying sacks of grain and making a lot of beer. So when, when I first met you, you had like one helper, and you were, and you were making these recipe kits and sending them out. Um, are you still doing the exact same thing, or have you, have you expanded your production or facilities or anything like that? Yeah, it's uh, it's grown uh, quite a bit. We're, um, we we now have a team, and uh, we're shipping nationally. So, um, so yeah, our kits are at like Whole Foods, William Sonoma, Urban Outfitters, and a bunch of uh, great retailers. Uh, we're now shipping internationally, so we're carried in Norway, South Africa, and uh, UK, and now Japan. 
So yeah, things are uh, have definitely changed, and uh, a lot more people are we think are making beer. No. Well, you guys are more, are more like a culinary people than just regular beer heads. I mean, because it's like you make really good beer, and some of my favorite beers I've had you've made, but you really end up selling them as a recipe, as opposed to worrying about pr- production beer. So, what beer did you bring today? We brought our jalapeno saison, which. Um as you say, we focus definitely more on flavors than production because this one has fresh jalapenos, agave, candy sugar, things that if you're doing it on a brewery level are going to cost you a whole lot. But if you're doing it on a one-gallon scale on your stovetop, then a little bit of agave off your kitchen counter isn't going to you know, increase the cost dramatically and gives you a really delicious beer. Christian, what do you think about this beer? I think it's delicious. I mean, you can really taste the the pepper in it. You know, immediately you smell the jalapeno, but then you also taste the pepper, the vegetable part, which is really nice. That's what I kind of associate that flavor with summertime. You're picking the pepper off the vine and gardening. And yeah, I, I can smell the pepper. It's yeah. like green pepper. Yeah, it's like green. Mm-hmm. It's it's delicious. And uh, definitely the first time I've had a peppered uh, saison. So well done, guys. Delicious. Thank you. Thank you. How does the book differ from your kit? So with the kit, you would you would pack everything you need for all the ingredients to make a recipe. But then there's certain things that don't ship well, right? So in, in, in the book, are you able to do more interesting recipes? Is that, uh, is that one of the reasons you did it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, all, all the kits that we do are, are for the most part in the book. Um, but also we do gluten-free beers in the book that... We don't really want to do as a kit because you have to, you know, use root vegetables and rice, and it's a, it's a whole big ordeal. And we have a lobster saison in the book that, you know, we, we're not going to tell people here's your forty dollar kit now buy a lobster and uh, boil it and uh, make it into a beer. And so ideally, like we we brew seasonally. And what we've been learning with emails that we've been getting this summer is that a lot of people do brew seasonally, but a lot of people just want to make like the beer that they're most excited about. So we've had people like wanting to make like a rosemary scotch ale, things that we wouldn't normally think of as a summertime beer and we're not going to release as a kit or a mix in the summer, but beers that people still want to make. And because we change up the recipes so often and that's the most fun for us is that creative process and coming up with these new recipes, but people are always like, "Oh wait, the rose-cheeked and blonde, the Belgian blonde that you had with lavender, when are those coming back? And so this is a great way that you can have those recipes year-round whenever you want to brew them, even as we come up with new ones. No, I, I think it's an amazing. You're capturing like two ends of, of the market that, that uh, no one else has done. Christian, in your travels for... Uh you know, The Great American Ale Trail, which is a great book. It's still out there, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. It's you can still there. buy it, even it's though it's six there. months later. Yeah, I knew I'd, I'd finally uh, gotten somewhere when I saw it on the shelf at Urban Outfitters. And uh, a store that I don't really frequent, but uh, yeah, it's out there. So in your travels, have, have you come across anyone else in America doing what Eric and Stephen are doing? Well, the homebrew scene is really great right now, and I, you know, it's obviously a big driver of the craft brew world in general, and always has been. So, uh, I think it's great to see more people. That you know, we we have unprecedented choice in beer everywhere in the country now. Even if you live in South Dakota, there's craft beer coming into your into your area. But you know, people are still focused on homebrewing and learning the process and making it at home, which is like the best way to learn why beer is so important and so good. So, I think it's great. Um, uh, but I think they have a really unique operation, and you're, and you know you do see their their kits everywhere. There's Whole Foods in Portland, Oregon, where I live, or outside of Portland, and there's they're stacked up right there in the stores. It's really cool. Stephen and Erica, do you guys hang out with a lot of homebrewers, or do you feel like you're kind of just a separate market now? 
Are you just selling to people that are interested in trying it? Or do you feel like that serious homebrewers are buying your kits too? Uh, it's really we're we're amazed at the full like just depth of people using our kits. Uh, we have a lot of people that are starting off just as first time brewers uh, who want to make you know beer with real ingredients. But we just got an email from someone who's like Electric Brewery was uh, featured in BYO Magazine, Brewer on Magazine, and he uses the kit for when he's not with his electric brewery so when, when he's out of town and just wants to still make beer but using real ingredients and for test batches like when we're brewing at home we do three te- test batches at a time so we have three you know we have four burners on our stove we have three uh heating up beer and then we have one that's just heating up water because you know you need hot water during the process so you can get as intense as you want but still do it on a small scale which is what we like because we like variety ultimately yeah, it's been really fun. We get the emails are the best and talking to customers and seeing what they've been doing because we've had people quit their jobs and become assistant brewers over the years because they got hooked on making beer. But also um, guys that had brewed 10 years ago gave up when they had families and now are getting back into it on the smaller scale or people who had always brewed with extract on a five gallon scale realizing that they could do all grain now, which is really kind of what we want to convince everyone. All right, man. Well, it's cool. I'm I'm, uh, I'm always impressed at, at the great uh, minds that are there in beer right now, and there's a lot of really cool beers. Come, Josh Bernstein has has a good book that we really like, and the Oxford Companion of Beer came out last year. So I'm looking forward to this uh, New York City the the beer book blog and video fest, July 25th at the South Street Seaport Museum. There's a great uh, exhibit right now at another museum in New York. At the New York Historical Society, it's called Beer Here. It's a history of beer in New York. It's kind of cool to see these museums getting interested in doing something with beer. Uh, how do you think that affects? Uh, you think that we're peaking? You think the craft beer scene is going to peak or <laughs> bubble or something? I mean, it. I I feel like it's really just a return to what it always had been before prohibition. Like you know, when you see these breweries just opening up everywhere and and do making like you know, terrible decisions a lot of times and you're thinking like, well, maybe there's a craft beer bubble. But then you remember what you know, the beer scene used to be before Prohibition and this is really just us gathering steam. Like making beer at home was only legal after Jimmy Carter did it and legalized it in nineteen seventy nine. So it's a really short history of us allowed to make beer. <laughs> so I think uh I think that beer's awesome. <laughs> I mean I really do like on Fourth of July I'm usually at my own my own bar, Jiminy's number 43, or I'm working at an event. I don't always just, like, kick back. So we had some friends in, in the backyard and uh, in New York City. And um, I had a Einbecker Maybach. And uh, I had six bottles. I made sure they were really cold on ice. And it was like throughout the night, I just kept opening one and, and poured it into two cups. So it was always super cold. And with another friend of mine, and I was like, you know what? This is the life. It's like you, know, you have a little barbecue going on. And I'm just drinking like a really good beer that, that just did so well uh, on 4th of July. And, and then I was like, wow, I love craft beer in America. So. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Tell me your stories, Christian. Come on. Um, you do so many cool things, but it's like, at the end of the day, you love drinking beer, don't I you? I love drinking beer. I mean, I always have, uh, you know, I, I, I can't say that I grew up drinking beer. That would probably ruffle some feathers. But I grew up in a family with four older brothers. They're big beer lovers. Uh, out in Oregon, obviously, we had a lot of beer coming up. And Henry Weinhardt's was the local brand, kind of a mythic brand with the amazing commercials and everything. And I, I really grew up with this idea that there was something handmade about beer, even though... 
you know, Oregon had drifted down the same road that everyone else did until the until the seventies or or, or eight, you know maybe eighty one or two when the first brewery started opening, which was disappearance of beer. So um, you know, I I love it. It's so much fun to share with friends and family. And um, I haven't br- been home brewing a lot lately, but I still have all my stuff, and I just planted a, a lot of hops on my farm where I live. So I'm really excited to get back into to brewing as much as possible. And when you travel, I mean, as authors, you often travel. Uh, what are some of the cities that you go to and where you like the beer scene? Well, you know, I just went to the town of Worcester, Massachusetts, which would not come uh, high on uh, most uh, immediate lists for, for the craft beer scene. But uh, there was a great festival there called The Festival that the Shelton Brothers Importers put on with 12% imports. Were you guys down there? Uh, not in Worcester. We've okay. No, oh, you we guys saw, had some we saw stuff that here. and wanted to go. Yeah, it the was, list looked amazing. It was totally amazing. Um, they have a great little beer scene in town, a couple good beer bars. I think the amazing thing is that anywhere you go now, there is a beer scene, you know, or one kind of just about to come up. And, uh, you know, I'm from Portland, so we're really lucky that we have such a huge, incredible beer scene right now i mean it's it's it, it keeps growing I, you know you every day you think now there can't be another brewery and we're 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 at number 49 now i think and you know several more in the on the way and portland is not a very big city you know it's about the same size as like you know smaller than brooklyn so um so that's uh that's amazing but you know it's coming up everywhere and i keep tasting good beers from from towns i'd never expect you know barcelona spain Coming a beer town. Who knew, you know? But the, some great beers coming out of that region. And uh, we had a chance to taste those in Worcester. And uh, it's, it's truly a, it's a global thing now. And, and that's, that's one of the most amazing aspects is that we're not just talking about Portland, San Diego, New York, you know, handful at Denver, Fort Collins. Like, it's now, there's now 50 cities that have a big beer scene. And, uh, and it just keeps going and going. It's incredible. What are some of the small breweries in Portland that you like that we may not have heard of? Oh, that's that's a good question. Um, well, um, I wrote my book actually in a in a building uh, called the Left Bank Project in Portland. It's like a, a mixed use kind of lit. No one lives there, but it seems like they do. It's like a big old loft building, like you see here in Brooklyn. But uh, in the basement of that building is Upright Brewing Company, and and I'm sure some some beer lovers out who listen to the show have had it before, but they're really doing some great stuff. Uh, aging um, country, you know, farmhouse ales and old Tom gin barrels and doing a lot of really uh, really nice stuff and I'm working on uh, an event with them coming up at the International Pinot Noir celebration in Oregon uh, of all places we're, we're bringing beer into that event so that'll be cool Uprights doing great stuff um, you know I could go on and on but you know, it really the thing to do for people who love beer and travel is to go to Portland and, and take a week and, and drink your way through town Wow. And for Eric and Stephen, any towns that really stood out in your travels for the beer? Well, it's funny when you're talking about Portland because uh, we we visited Upright and we, we circled the building, I think, three times without realizing that it was a, actually a brewery because it, it does just look like a random kind of office building and then <laughs> you find out there's a brewery in the basement. Yeah. And then we just had the Cascade uh, Apricot Ale for Fourth of July, too. But um, it's... Yeah, like on our first you know trip across the world, I guess, or Europe, we realized that Copenhagen was an amazing beer city, which is something we never never imagined would be. But uh, we just walking into a random bar uh, in some basement and finding like eight taps of beer that were all amazing and that you've never heard of before and likely would never hear of again, like it, you know, of the mindset. But uh, 
But yeah, traveling for the book has been amazing because we were down at South by Southwest and got to go to Ranger Creek um, just outside of San Antonio and to Jester King Brewery. And Texas is amazing. Like so many states, it has weird beer laws. And that's what makes traveling amazing because you can get beers places that you won't be able to get them out of. So uh, Texas, it's hard to get beers in and it's hard to get beers out. So it's really great when you get to go to the brewery try everything there and come back with a great story. Um, Ranger Creek smokes their own malt over mesquite. And so they have a mesquite smoked porter, which is very much Texas. That's awesome. Well, this is going to set us up for our second segment. Um, We're going to have, his name is John Richards. He's trying to make a movie about Michael Jackson. Uh, It's called Beer Hunter the Movie. He'll be calling in uh, when we return in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Light the fire Place the flowers in the vase that you bought today. Staring at the fire for hours and hours while I listen to you play your love songs. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. You know, I think the Heritage Radio Network, uh, the new theme should be Life is Better on Air. Because every week we have the most awesome guests. we got uh, Erica and Stephen from, uh, I, I know him as Brooklyn Brew Shop, but they've got a great book, Beer Making Book. And Christian DeBenedetti, who's now, uh, I only know him as the Weekly Pint because I get his email every two weeks. <laughs> Christian, how did you start that? This is so cool. All of a sudden you're like a, a, a beer writer. You've got a book called The Great American Ale Trail. Next thing you know, you've got a national, you know, weekly website thing, and you're doing events. You're doing the Pig and Pickle tomorrow <laughs> at Broken Brewery for July Good Beer Month. Yeah, July Good Beer Month. That was the perfect timing. Uh, well, with the Weekly Pint, you know, we started a while ago uh, back in January to be a free email for people who love craft beer or they're interested or they're getting into it or they know someone who might be interested. And we send it out twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and basically uh, we try to celebrate every single thing in the world of craft beer, which, as you know, is uh, an almost infinite sub 
subject at this point. We're covering travel, gear, innovations, you know, new beers coming out, brewmaster profiles, festivals, pretty much everything you can imagine. And then we launched a party for I think you guys are fitting a niche. I don't think that uh, there's, there's really anything out there nationally that's – I read – on a regular basis about beer. Well, there's an amazing community of beer bloggers in the U.S. and, you know, props to, to everyone who spends time writing about beer online. You know, that, that uh, we saw an opportunity um, to, to bring beer to people who, who want to get it in their inbox, basically, and maybe they don't have tons of time to be surfing around on, on websites and listservs and things like that. So we try to make it real digestible, but, you know, we, we go deep, too. We go into pretty esoteric topics, and uh, this uh, week's pine is about small Spanish craft breweries outside of Barcelona that are barrel-aging beers and, you know, really wild stuff. Um, and then other times we're, we're writing about beers you can can drink at a major league baseball stadium so we're you know we're, we're trying to cover all the bases and and tomorrow night is our party with brooklyn brewery i think all these tickets are gone though unfortunately but so it's the pig and pickle yeah the brooklyn pig and pickle we we hope it's an annual event it's going to be you know we want to celebrate brooklyn businesses so we brought in mabel's smokehouse mcclure's pickles and brooklyn brewery and down the road we think maybe there might be room for some more uh, purveyors of, of beer and pickles and pork and barbecue and things like that just to shed some light on what you know how important it is to to buy and eat and drink local products every everywhere you go and every day and especially in the middle of summer when it's hot. I mean, this that's is cool. Hey, um, one of our favorite beer guys, uh, Seth Wright, who's uh, we know him from a TV show. It was MTV. What was the first show? I have to bring it up every time. Remote Control. He was a child actor on MTV Remote Control, but he he makes uh, these great online videos. Beer Nation. Beer, yeah, BeerNationShow.com. Yeah, BeerNationShow.com. And it's still going? It's great going? to have you on, man. Yeah. Um, we, we are at some point going to talk tonight to uh, someone who's making a beer movie, uh, John Richards. Uh, he's trying to make Beer Hunter the Mover about Michael Jackson. So, uh, Seth, I know you've been, you helped organize a, a little a beer movie night in May at Jimmy's Number 43, and, you, and you'll be organizing the video guys for the New York City Beer Book Blog and Video Fest July 25th. Well, I'm doing the video portion. Yeah. The books and the blogs. <laughs> well, we got the uh, books here. We got the blogs here. But, uh, yeah, yeah. We, in, in May, uh, I decided to do like a preamble or, you know, uh, something a little early on to get the, get the get it all going. And we did. We had five or six different video bloggers, happy hour guys, um, some that even just like sketch form, like Brouhaha, which, you know, it, it was something in the last couple of years that people are starting to want to see and so maybe you know like travel channel or those kind of guys want to do something like that so you know there's a bunch of like little shows out there that are trying to like make it happen um but we you know we put together this this video fest and uh and it was cool i know that there was one in california um a couple years ago because we actually came in second place for uh craft beer bandit uh which is a great little uh, three minute video if you haven't seen it but uh but i don't know if there was any other on the east coast so, you know, this might have been the first East Coast beer film festival, which we had, like, a whopping 20 people. It was awesome. Uh, it was gorgeous Saturday afternoon, though, so, you know. Um, but this big one, July 25th, coming up, um, books, blogs, video, the whole, the whole thing at the Seaport Museum. Should be really cool, yeah. Give us a little background on uh, beer TV. Uh, we know that... Uh, Michael Jackson had his little Beer Hunter series made in England in like 1989. But since then, has anyone uh, made a, a beer TV that's done well in America? Beer, not so much. I know there have been shows about like alcohol in general, right? Like Three Sheets is like a big one. 
um, that was on, you know, Bravo or something like that, or, or or Spike or something, and that was going on for a long time. And it was just a guy who went around, and it wasn't just beer. He did beer, but he just traveled around the world, and he just lived the local scene, right? So we got trashed every single show, and it was like fun, three sheets, whatever. Um, but you know, since then there hasn't been that many shows. I'm finding more and more because I'm in business now, or at least I'm doing the show um, that are catering just to like craft beer. And so it's cool to like go and meet different people, and you know, like see what's going on. And you know, we're all trying to just like promote craft beer, and which is just like what everyone else seems to be doing. I think when I first met you, um, I know Sam Colagione's show was, was coming out. It was on Discovery TV. Yeah. Discovery. But I know a bunch of guys decided that you're going to throw your hat in the ring and try to, to try to get a, a, a beer TV show or a beer online show. Was that a big impetus uh, for the current crop of uh, beer TV guys? I kind of want to say that there, there hasn't been that much since that show came out on Discovery. It was Brewmasters, and that was last year. I think. I mean, my time is so crazy now. But I think it was last year it came out. They did six episodes. And, you know, being that 5% of this country drinks craft beer, the number of people that would watch that show is small. You know, 5% of a country of 300 million is great. Discovery, it's not enough for them, you know. And that's where the the niche of it is too small for a, for a national channel, I think, so far. I mean, as it grows, as the percentage continues to grow, and there's more books, and there's more breweries that are opening up, 2,000, you know, this year... I mean, you guys. So what about Erica and Steven? I bet you guys could have a beer TV show. Oh, we'd love to. Actually, um, it, while it's not a entire series, we are on the Cooking Channel July 19th and 20th on Foodography, their beer episode. And they um, it's really fun. You get to actually see us whoop, brewing whoop. up the, the jalapeno saison, as well as uh, Brooklyn Baked is on there with their malt blondies and some other cool craft beer yeah, Church Key is uh, on there from DC, which uh, we just had the chance to go down for a saver. So that's a good. So what is that show? Video, foodography? Yeah, it's called Foodography. It's hosted by Mo Rocca from you know NPR fame and uh, Daily Show. And that's uh, a popular show. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's good. A, a lot of it. It seems like he lives in Brooklyn because a lot of the shows are Brooklyn based, which is great. When I watch it, it's like, oh, let's go check that spot out. Yeah, he, I think I think he is. I think he uh, goes to the flea every so often. But uh, yeah, certainly with with Brooklyn, uh, it definitely gets a lot of press coverage because all the press is right across the river. So, Christian, what about you? You're up in Portland. Do you do you have you been working on anything like a beer TV show or anything? Oh, you know, I would. I've thought about it uh, in a, a thousand different ways. You know, looking at the way the Great American Ale Trail could be a show, and there was all sorts of talk early on on how we would do it. And a friend of mine. Uh, he said, you know, we're, we're literary guys. Let's, let's focus on books. Um, we ran into a lot of roadblocks uh, of, of the same nature that he was talking about a moment ago. You know, big television advertising is the, you know, is the engine that runs television. And, uh, you know, Bourdain uh, famously tweeted that Big Beer killed Brewmasters. And Sam Claggioni, my good friend, will not talk about it. But, you know, there was a lot of pressure on a very um, pure concept of a show to be reaching a massive audience and it might have been not the right timing you know and i thought uh, watching brewmasters was so awesome especially when they went to you know egypt and south america and you know, these far-flung adventures that threw the world of craft beer around the world and the history uh and in, into the light for 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 i'm sure for many viewers for the first time i mean, never 
surely never thought about this stuff. I thought it was great, but um, you know, the, you know, the, the center wouldn't really hold there, and, and unfortunately, um, the show wasn't extended. There is an episode that didn't air, which is about Italy, um, which I'd love to see. I haven't seen that one yet. What was the name of the show again? Brewmasters. Brewmasters. And uh, is it out there if you wanted to see the? Yeah, they sell the DVDs and stuff sure, and online can, and things. Uh, yeah. I would check it out. I mean, I, I haven't seen it, so Brewmasters, you should check it out. Yeah, no, Sam's and a great Sam character. Yeah, he's an awesome character, and so that's why they went to him. And and he, if anyone in the craft beer world was going to make a show work, he's going to make it work. Um, but, you know, obviously big pressures come from different places. What about your show, Beer Nation Show? Yeah, we were close to Discovery. Uh, they, they turned us down and went with Sam, um, but... Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, we, we put out something every month, three to seven minutes, real tight. We try to make it easy, digestible. You know, we go to different places around the country. Um, we've got one coming out soon with um, the Bronx Brewery and the Beef Jerky Guys, um, Slant Shack, where they made uh, beer jerky. So, you know, and we always try to tell a story. We don't just like to go to a brewery and, like, you know, see what they're doing. We like to tell their story in an interesting way, something different. Exactly like what Sam was doing. He's going down to Egypt. He's, you know, doing cool stuff, you know. Have any of you seen the original Michael Jackson Beer Hunter shows from England? Some of it. I haven't seen the whole thing, but uh, we were just talking earlier before we came on the air. There's a, there's a, a brew pub in San Diego that shows the tapes uh, continuously, the Blind Lady Ale House, because uh, they're big Michael Jackson fans. And, it, you know, it loomed large over a lot of, you know, beer, uh, beer writers starting out. And, you know, and for me personally, uh, you know, just knowing that it was out there and all his books as well, it was, it, it was what got a lot of us started, certainly. No, I, I remember looking through those books myself. And you know what? I, th- I think it's due for a, a comeback. You know, maybe oh, someone yeah. should have. He was so before his time. I so mean, we, like, we totally. 1989. I think. And we, we were waiting for John Richards, uh, who's trying to put together the movie uh, for the Beer Hunter and, and other excerpts with Michael Jackson. Uh, he's not on yet, um, so we're just going to keep talking. So hey, let's raise our glasses and make a toast. Yeah. Um, I do love homebrew, and I'll tell you, I think it is the core of, uh, you know, the craft beer scene. Um, Stephen, this is an awesome recipe. Um, Recently, our friend Chris Kuzme did an event called Brunity in New York, where he brought together some of the different homebrew clubs. What's going on in the homebrew scene that, that you guys see? That's that's cool. Is it just growing? Is everyone just making beer? I feel like like really smart people are starting to make beer, and they're making really good beer. And I don't think it's uh, and I think it's not slowing down. I think it's more interesting than even the craft beer scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, craft beer, um, all making it at home, is taking on more inspiration from food. Um, and just using real ingredients, farm, you know, farmer's market ingredients. Uh, you're also seeing a lot more people doing sour beers as well, which is not, not quite farmer's market, maybe perhaps uh, sour cherries. But uh, you're really just seeing, as it's always been, the most interesting stuff is really what people are making in their, on, you know, on their kitchen stove. And then it kind of boils up and uh, hits the craft beer scene like, commercially, we find. All right. Christian, we're going to give you a blanket question. Okay. Top beer you had this weekend? Oh, top beer I had this weekend. That's a good question. Uh, I recently had an, uh, a beer from Almanac, which is down in the Bay Area. Uh, it is a Saison beer that is made with fennel, uh, roasted fennel root. And, um, you know, it sounded to me like a, a freaky beer I might not like. Um, but, in fact, 
it, the the flavors were very subtle. Um, the the smoky or the, the licorice kind of taste of the fennel came through, and this is the kind of thing a home brewer might try. Um, you know, let's just see what happens. You know, wouldn't think of a licorice vegetable being good in beer. In fact, it was delicious, and uh, I tasted it with a dish at a, a great restaurant in in uh, San Francisco called Serpentine, and uh, they serve this beer with smoked potatoes, potatoes that were smoked in a smoker, so something I'd also never tried, and, and the pairing was totally incredible. Um, so th- that's the that's a beer that's uh, high on my mind lately. There, there's more, but that's one I remember. <laughs> do me, do me. Seth, <laughs> what's your favorite beer from the weekend? Um, so I had, I actually ran out of like regular beers, I don't call them regular beers, like torpedo cans and stuff like that, so I had to go into my cellar, and I pulled out... Um, uh, the humidor from uh, from Cigar City, which I knew I had to drink it fast because it's an IPA and it it won't like sit very long. Um, but it it's on cedar, and so the cedar really like it does something very very interesting. It's not smoky, but it has this like cigar smell to it. It was just like really really nice tasting, and I'd heard people say it was good, and so I was like, you know what, I'm doing. It. I'm drinking the whole bottle. I like that beer too. It was really good. Yeah, and Steven? Uh, uh, well, the talk of cedar just reminded me of uh, some really weird test batches we've made. Probably the, the least successful beer we've ever made was with cedar. Uh, it was a beer that tasted like a closet. Uh, mm. It was not, not that tasty. Yeah, so the, a, the closeted beer. Mm-hmm, yeah, really nice mothball <laughs> beer. Uh, perfect. Um, but and Erica? Apparently, it was a whole lot of cedar. So, And we thought at one point that it might be poisonous, but um, now... We'll have to retry it with lower amounts and the vow that it's and not. What about poisonous. from your weekend? Did you, other than homebrew, did you have any any commercial beer or craft beer that you like so much? Uh, I mean, before coming here, we actually we had the Victory Summer Love, which is mm. kind of our go-to office beer right now. It's just really delicious. Awesome, and I'm going to say on Fourth of July, I had it on Sunday. The Einberger Maybach, really cold. It, it, it was, it's a revelation. It's a great summer beer. So, hey, we're going to take a short break, uh, li- listen to some uh, music and things on uh, Beer Sessions Radio. We'll be back in a few. Bye. Well, it took me a woman late last night. I was three-fourths drunk. She looked all right. Till she started peeling off her onion gook She took off her wig, said, how do I look? I was high-flying, bare naked Out the window Well, sometimes I might get drunk Walk like a duck and smell like a skunk Don't hurt me, nana, don't hurt my pride Cause I got my little lady right by my side She's trying to hide Pretending she don't know me Eyes out there painting on the old wood shed When a can of black paint it fell on my head I went down to scrub and rub But I had to sit in the back of the tub Cost a quarter Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Out here at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Christian DeBenedetti from The Weekly Pint, your new thing. I love it. I read it every week. You got pig and pickle tomorrow night. What's going on in the world of beer, man? 
Oh well, I mean, where to where to start? You, you got to be uh, you be more specific. I mean, <laughs> well, you did say you, you did say you were going to have a story about the ballparks in this country, and I'm yeah. actually going to be with the All Star Game tonight in Kansas City. I'm going to be in Kansas City on Friday at a ball game, and so is that going to be anywhere that I should be? Yeah, we're looking at possibly running it on Thursday. So after you know during the All Star break, the the thing about this idea was, you know. We love sports. We love to go and watch some baseball. But, you know, 99% of the time, the beer in the stadium is overpriced, uh, macro brew made by a robot. And um, it's really nice now that stadiums across the country, you know, 20, 20 or 30 different stadiums are, are bringing craft beer in. And, in fact, uh, when we started research on the story, we started with baseball, but then we quickly realized the MLS, there's beers that are being uh, commissioned for sports teams like the Seattle Sounders MLS team and beers inspired for the for the uh, Portland Timbers, my home team. Uh, you know, all around the country this is happening. And it's, it's really incredible, actually, because, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we would just sit in a stadium that was named for a craft, you know, for, for a macro brew, you know, Bush. Stadium, core stadium, whatever. You know, in respect to those guys who started great companies 180 years ago, whatever. But it's time for craft beer to be in the stadium. You know, and you can sit in Kansas City at left field now and and drink you know 20 different craft beers. That's pretty awesome. And I think if you're in Kansas City for the All Star Game, and if particularly if you're in left field, you're going to be sitting right next to a huge Boulevard Brewing sign. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I think Boulevard is everywhere you look in the yeah, Kansas City that's Stadium, right. which, yeah, which is pretty definitely. pretty uh, big jump for craft beer to be sponsoring in a um, you know, major league ballpark they actually uh when they announced their plans to sponsor the royals they had uh, uh they built the billboard a big giant sign um a, a sign that's connected to the hall of fame building over there on the side um of the field and they also had this plan to uh have roving guys walking around the beer vendors you know peanuts popcorn all that kind of stuff but they're 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 dispensing uh unfiltered wheat from these backpack mounted taps um which i think is the coolest thing i've heard in a long time that's like Star Wars. Right? <laughs> I need a backpack mounted tap. Yeah. yeah, don't we all? Wow. That's cool. So Boulevard, it's a boulevard in Kansas City. Never heard of it. That's what I love. In it's every big, town, there, there, there are some good craft breweries. And we, just, we need to just travel more and check them out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, wow. it's, it's amazing how many very large breweries that we don't get in here in New York. And we've, you know, if you go to the store, you'd think we get them all. Right, but then there are huge ones that we don't get. New Belgium Boulevard is actually a lot bigger than you think. Um, top, and 12, never, top ten or twelve in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, all right, cool. But, you know, let's go out. Let's visit the world. And by the world, we mean Philadelphia. <laughs> that, that is the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we do you know every so often we do a big trip to you know New Jersey, like the Paramus Whole Foods or Philadelphia, the foodery, <laughs> and just come back with you know sixty dollars six packs of like. We we did once mix six pack at the foodery in Philadelphia, and I think it was sixty seven dollars. And the guy said, "Wow, that was the most expensive six pack I've ever run up." But it was all uh, um, Russian River, uh, mm-hmm. which you know basically they distribute to the West Coast and Pennsylvania. Right. Are, are there any sites that that you can recommend where people can learn about beers from different, you know, small local beers from different different parts of the country? You know, not just beers that are distributed nationally. I know beer to- it's hashtag beertography. Uh, it's also beertography.com. I know that people around the country will take a picture of themselves drinking a beer and send it on Twitter to hashtag you know, beertography. Mm. But is, is there anything that's really trying to capture all the small breweries around the country? 
Or no, not even weekly pint. I mean, it would be impossible for us to cover everything. Um, right now, I'm writing all the the content, but you know, we're we're reaching a huge audience already in just a few short months, and uh, we're trying to make sure we cover the whole country. Uh, and when we do it, we want to cover it really well. We don't want to just cover the obvious stuff. We really want to dig. Um, but these things, you know, these days things are happening so fast. I mean, even in my hometown of Portland, it's hard to keep up with what's going on. And uh, so, you know, we look to local beer bloggers. There's a lot of fantastic beer bloggers that are doing it, you know, basically just for the love of it around the country. And that, that's really cool. You know, I mean, just to spend the time to share something you love with your friends and a few readers. It's, it's yeah, awesome. I'm getting tired of going, like, outside of a city to, like, a bar. It looks like a good bar. There's, you know, 8 to 20 draft lines. And, and, and it's, like, draft, not craft. And it's all just macro brands or, like, fake brands and and uh, there might be one local brewery on, on 20 lines. And, and then sometimes the lines aren't even clean. So yeah. I feel like that I, I want people like you guys to tell me where to go in these towns to get the good small breweries. Because, for the, like you are saying, Seth, you said only 5% of, of beer being drunk in America is craft beer. Well, that's it's the like, numbers. That yeah. means 95% of the beer is crap. And most bars I go to, I don't even like the beer. <laughs> you know. So, hey, man, let's step it up. Come on. Yeah, yeah. definitely look up that town to that city's local beer blogger and reach out via Twitter, via Facebook. Our best recommendations come from our customers and we're like, hey, we're going to be here. Where, where should we eat, drink, go? And that's where we find things that we couldn't research far enough. Yeah, we used to do um, big like city guides that we'd write up whenever we were going to travel somewhere, but now we get off the airplane and just tweet. We're uh, here. We're here, yeah. <laughs> what do we do? So if we follow at BKLN Brew Shop, and we look at all your followers, we may be able to find people around the country who, oh, who, yeah. who know about good beer places. And I mean, yeah, it's at BKLYN Brew Shop. And if you say, hey, I'm going here, we'll ask our audience as well where you should be headed because we'll be headed there next. Yeah, and we just got a tweet from you know someone who wanted some recommendations for Chicago. So we asked our audience and, and we just went. So we said, you know, go to Bangers and Lace. It's a really great bar. Uh, in Chicago, and I think we gave like two or three other recommendations, and you know, you guys might be the be new national beer site or the Twitter. <laughs> I mean, there's there's just so much, and there, and I think that with most beer writers, that's they know the limitations of being not in that place, and so you have to be everywhere. You need to clone yourself, and if you can find the like. Some cities have beer guides. If you go to Austin, they have a a great Austin City beer guide that we always... It's a kind of the first thing we do whenever we're there. We just pick it up at, you know, Ginger Man or, or wherever. Uh, and some cities have them, some cities don't. And if there was a way for, for you know, us, you to know where they exist and where they don't, it would be really helpful. Man. So if you came to New York, you might check out the goodbeerseal.com mm-hmm. with a, over... There's 41 bars in New York City that, that are recommended for their good beer selection you guys just had a new cut right like a new batch of bars yeah it just came out in in june every year there's a bunch of writers um some of your friends like chris schoenberg who was in timeout chris o'leary from beer new york uh rachel wharton from edible in manhattan they sit down every year and and a bunch of us visit different bars it it isn't it's not growing that much because the point is that it's supposed to be places that have been open that that are established that that are unique it's definitely small independently uh, owned places um, but yeah, there's 41 in New York City. It, it may expand to Long Island and Jersey City, but it's it's an example of the same kind of thing—a good beer guide. Um, you know, I think we all need it. So hey, 
how many did you just let in? What was the? Uh, there were about delays? seven or eight that came in this year. But again, it, it's 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 supposed to be kind of organic growth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with with the idea that a lot of places. If you have big money, you can come in and, and open the beer place and put in a lot of taps. But I'm saying there's a lot of places I go. There's, it's draft and our craft. I'm in Times Square. I'll see a place with all these tap lines, and, and you know, honestly, I don't want to say the names, but you know them. They're not beers that I want to drink. Right. And uh, I want to drink beer. That's the problem is I want to drink beer. I want to drink beer on 4th of July, and if I don't go to Jimmy's Number 43 or Spite and Dival or DBA or Blind Tiger's Place in New York, it's like I don't want to drink the beer. I think you bring up a good point, though, that you can't just throw 100 taps on, even if there are some incredible beer on there, some Russian River and Jolly Pumpkin, De La Sand, Canty, and whatever. You can't just make a great beer by having a huge number of taps in a big vast area there has to be some soul to it and you know when i was writing my book the great american ale trail you know um i set out to find places that had soul that were doing it for the right reasons not just to have a pointlessly large selection that you can go in and just start ticking them off and i had a really interesting conversation with sean hill the other day from hill farm said uh if you haven't tried his beers you have to they're phenomenal across the board everything he does is great but um we had an interesting talk about you know that there's kind of beer consumers out there who are like kind of train spotting and uh you know just ticking off the the highly ranked beers from beer advocate and rape beer and stuff rather than hanging out and talking with friends and family and kind of enjoying the spirit of beer which is conversation and and enjoyment rather than you know how many beers have you tried how many places have you been you know how many highly rated beers have you had let's not forget that beer drinking is about community and about there's a soulfulness to it that isn't really present in some other things you could do with your time. Yeah, we actually had an episode of Beer Nation where it wasn't about any brewery or any bar. Me and a couple of friends went up to a cabin and we got some local food at a at, you know at a farmers market. We got some beer, but we went out there and just like experienced hanging out with the beer. And it, it really was like it's not about you know what you're drinking. It's about hanging out. And the whole and the whole idea of craft beer, you know, and local scene and everything like that. So that was kind of a cool episode with people who said like, "No, it's you know different. <laughs> you guys just hanging out at a cabin, like enjoying each that's other." Cool though, that's, yeah, that's a nice angle. Skinny dipping. <laughs> but when you when you do your shows, um, do you, do you have people around the country watching? I mean, you're on what are you on YouTube or how, how do people We're, see your? I show? mean, yeah, everywhere. I mean, so we put our our show out on um, on Blip blip.tv in which goes they shoot it out to like itunes and youtube and anywhere you type in beer nation you'll find it so we do have views from all over the world um not as many as i'd like but everywhere there are people that watch the show um i did a radio show actually in alaska and that was pretty cool someone wrote me on facebook and they were like hey you know it'd be really fun to like you know have you on i heard you on beer sessions and so like it'd be great to like do a phone in i was like totally and so that was a couple months ago and that was like a lot of fun same idea that's a great place to drink beer alaska really really good isn't there a big barley wine festival up there there is it's in january it's mid-january and I, i wrote about it for my book you go up there and it was literally 14 degrees below zero you know freezing cold i'm wearing two down coats like eight inches of down feathers and still freezing and the locals are kind of like yeah it's not that cold and uh they drink barley wine for several days straight and it's kind of the big uh, big event of the year in juno and then you go in anchorage and then you go down to juno where alaskan brewery is and uh and visit that and that's a tremendous place to visit hey we're going to give a couple plugs um this show was built around uh, john richards is 
I think he's still raising money on Kickstarter. He's trying to put together a movie uh, called Beer Hunter based around uh, some a lot of sh- filming and excerpts from uh, shows with Michael Jackson, the great beer expert. Check him out. Just check out John Richards, Beer Hunter, the movie, Michael Jackson. Find him, and uh, I think we're on different times. He's out west. We're on east, so we, we did not get his call on tonight. But we will have you on, John. We, we really do want to talk to you. Um, Christian Benedetti, always inspiring. Uh, check out it's is it theweeklypint.com just weeklypint.com weeklypint.com yep. and his book The Great American Ale Trail I do feel like if you're traveling to most parts of the country if you pick up his book Great American Ale Trail there's definitely places to get good beer that he recommends and uh, Erica and Stephen uh, from Brooklyn Brew Shop and Beer Making Book um, I'm really digging your beer what I love is that you guys are making really awesome recipes and you keep doing it and uh, many nights you do make my favorite beer. So this is the jalapeno saison spicy. Mm-hmm. Right. Although it gets even spicier. So what should I make tomorrow? If I was going to make a beer tomorrow from your book, it's the middle of J- July, what should I make? Maybe the peach cobbler ale, actually. The peaches at the market have been amazing. They what kind about of, the lobster one? The lobster, the lobster saison is kind of my favorite beer. I try and sell people on it all the time, but sometimes it tastes, takes them tasting it first before they decide that they should throw a shell into a pot. Well, this one, it's, it's uh, what, page 78 in the beer-making book, Jalapeno Saison Spicy. We've been drinking it all night on the show. It's really good. It smells like fresh peppers. It's a little spicy. It's perfect. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to close out soon. Just give a shout-out to New York City. It's July Good Beer Month. Um, on Monday, July 16th, at Brooklyn Brewery, there is the Backyard Hop Fest. It's uh, some local brewers who are, who are working with uh, small farms and backyard people to encourage them to grow hops. You can learn how to grow hops. Uh, it's a cool thing. And there's a lot of other events at uh, goodbeerseal.com, including Pig and Pickle tomorrow night. Uh, so goodbeerseal.com to learn more about New York City, July Goober Month. And also at Good Beer Seal Bars in New York City, Lagunitas Night at the Blind Tiger tomorrow. July 18th is Nano Brewing Night at the Stag's Head Midtown. And Thursday, tap at Jimmy's number 43. This Thursday, uh, the Leafman's Cuvée Brute, a very special rare keg uh, with a hint of cherry uh, from Belgium. All right. So thanks to everybody, and uh, especially to our sponsor, GreatBrewers.com. Check out uh, GoodBrewsSeal.com again for more about July Good Beer Month. Thanks to our sponsors and... Gosh, it's a long list of credits here today. Thanks to Seth, Erica, Steve, and Christian. And John, we will talk to you one time for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee, Brio Connor, guest coordinator Brett Thompson. And uh, we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. In some of my songs I have casually mentioned. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our programs archived on our website or by searching iTunes for Heritage Radio Network. You can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website. Thanks for listening. Whiskey's too rough, champagne costs too much, vodka puts my mouth in